Welcome to another edition of the Casual Hour, a podcast ostensibly about video games, but mostly about the Reese's Easter egg being the best version of the Reese's out there. I had one of them today. It's the best. They're they're pretty good. I mean, yeah, I, I was going to say, like, there are no trees, but it's the same thing. It's the same. I mean, like, I'll... I'll let you come back at us and say the Christmas tree is better. And and maybe it is better because of the season. Like, it's easier for me to get excited about a Christmas tree than it is maybe an mm-hmm. Easter egg. And the but, Easter egg is just like a blob when you think about it. Yeah, especially if it's been in your pocket for a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's something about the seasonal Reese's, which Reese's is the best candy. Like, end of sentence, well, period. That, that I don't think is disputable. But, like, you're... You're right. Like if there's a thinner layer of the chocolate on on the shaped Reese's seasonal right. Reese's stuff, and and I it's just good. It's just yeah. It's there's a great peanut butter those. to chocolate ratio. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, yeah. Like like I said, regular Reese's just fine. King of the candy world, but like the, those seasonal Reese's. Mm, and I feel a bit more right snooty there. as of late when I I'm more judgy of food because I've been watching. Uh, with my wife, we're huge fans of the Great British Baking Show and continue to watch more seasons. And so I'm just a bit more in tune with the composition of my Reese's as of late. I'm, I'm going to put it out there that Easter has the best candy of any holiday. Yeah. No, that's that's super fair. Like, we've been eating uh, outside of the Reese's eggs. Like I'm also a big fan of Cadbury eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But... We've had the miniature uh, hard candy shell Cadbury egg, and that may or may not be like, there's something special about just getting a handful of those and Hell walking yeah. through the house. Hell yeah, absolutely. Like those, uh, the uh, are those like the robin eggs at that yes. point? Yes, yes. Like speckled ones? Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so you got those, you've got uh, the Reese's that we already talked about, you've got... Uh, the specific Starburst Skittles, or not Starburst Skittles, uh, Starburst Jelly Beans. Oh, yeah. Uh, those are the best. Yes. Uh, best Jelly Beans and some very good candy. Uh, I, You know what? The, the one thing that people don't like, I like it, is the candy hearts. I'm totally cool with the conversation yeah. hearts. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that chalkiness. And when you think about other holiday seasonal candy offerings, you think about like candy canes on, on Christmas. Fuck candy canes. Candy yeah, canes fuck candy suck. canes. What about candy uh, corn? Candy corn on Halloween, and like I, you know, I can I can deal with some candy corn, but it is not anywhere near my top. Yeah, for anything, I prefer. Uh, I, I think, do they still call it Indian corn at this point, where it's like the chocolate on the bottom and then orange and then white I've, instead of the yellow? I've called it the less appealing candy corn. I don't know what the proper name of it oh, is. Oh, the, the the chocolate stuff's the best. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, like it, the Easter beats them all. No problem. And, I mean, uh, other Halloween stuff, it's just like generic candy. Like, that's just candy at that point. Nobody's, nobody's this making is, special. This has become the candy cast, and I'm A-OK with it. Oh, totally, totally. This Ooh, is I do, I do like those cast. pumpkins that are like, like the little pumpkins that are the candy corn. Yeah, no. Same like, material. Same those dish. Like, it's going to be like a very ornate dish on yeah, some, you know, right. family member's table. Um, big fan of that. Let's just, what do you feel about Reese's Pieces? They're, they're good. I mean, they're just, good. Yeah. I I mean, if I'm getting into candy that's like that, that's that's that shape stuff. I'm I'm usually an M M&M and M guy. Peanut butter M M&M, and uh, M, peanut M M&M, and M, plain M M&M. and M. 
Uh, I think my favorite is like a regular peanut. Like you get a you get a yeah. thicker thicker M M&M and M out of that. Sure. And I like uh, I like kind of crunching down and seeing the peanut cross yeah. section. Peanut butter is totally fine, but at that point, if you're eating a peanut butter M M&M, and M, it's it's just a Reese's piece at that point. It's yeah, close enough. Not to flip back on the calendar, but we didn't talk about Peeps, and I feel like we got to talk about Peeps. Fuck Peeps. Fuck Peeps. I'm I'm with you. I've I. I recently had peeps because my mom likes to purchase peeps and sometimes gives them to me as I'm sure. leaving home and is like, hey, you should take these peeps with you. I'm like, oh, God, do I have to? Uh, but I did. And then also this year, first time I've ever seen it, they had peep filling Reese's, or not Reese's, uh, God damn. Oreos. Uh, Oreos. Yeah. yeah. Which didn't really taste like peeps, didn't taste like Oreo cream. It was just kind of like this grainy, yeah. purplish cream in the middle. They were... They were surprisingly not awful, sure, but they were also nowhere near a regular Oreo. Uh, so, have you seen the the jelly bean milk? No, like that's a thing. So, like around oh, this time, God. like the buck the trend, you know, of like eggnog, holiday nog. There's a uh, jelly bean milk, and uh, that just some, sounds wrong. It's terrible. I mean, jelly bean milk Ugh. is is something. Uh, so I, I was, let's let's end the candy thing here. Yeah, but, uh, end it. Like one of the things I did when I played baseball in high school, uh, I would get a frost blue Gatorade, like the, the pastel yeah. blue Gatorade, yeah. and I would pour an entire package of sour Skittles into that, shake it up, and that was that was like my my fuel. That was your signature go-to. Yes, like that's that's what I needed, especially if I was pitching that game. Like that, that's what I wanted to have, like that crazy sugar rush and all the electrolyte shit. Uh, and then at the end, like you finish drinking it, and it's just all these white bead skittles that are devoid of any of their flavor. And then it's just you got like a, a chewy little chewy little surprise at the end. Yeah, you are a much better kid than I was. I would put those in vodka. Um, well. <laughs> and and you know we we are kind of that chewy little surprise at the end here i like to think of us uh you know you get through all the good stuff and then you just have to chew down what was once a good thing um hey we are the casual hour thank you so much for tuning in we are a weekly podcast about video games uh i'm your host bobby pease and that lovely voice you're hearing is my favorite gamer on the go mr chase kinnicky uh we've already established that we love candy but we also love video games a lot that's, that's true Almost too much because we got to tell you about how many we have neglected, how many we've been playing. <laughs> it's a big episode, but tonight we're going to go through the games we've been playing recently. And then uh, for our segment this evening on the back end, we're going to tell you a little bit about the games that we hope to, to catch up with. So without further ado, getting right back into it, Chase, what you've been playing? Uh, I've been playing more Nino Kuni 2. Uh, As you should be. It's good. I'm <laughs> So I'm at kind of an absurd skewed hour count at this point i'm at 45 hours in the game but that is not how much i've actually played because i will leave it on overnight to to get the town stuff and oh cool but it's been good like the the town's going well i've got a a lot of citizens not not i'm I'm up to kingdom level two and i'm nowhere close to the level three because you need to get a ton more citizens before you can do that but uh it's cool i yes I like the building stuff. I think we talked about it on the last show. It, it feels like a cross between uh, Suikoden 2 and uh, Bravely Default. And it's just got some of those systems in it where where it's it's 
it's almost like a little mobile game free to play mm-hmm. thing on the side, except it doesn't have any of the free to play bullshit of actually putting. Yeah, um, I mean, I think real money into it. There's been that. I know a, a popular one was The Simpsons. There was a Family Guy version of it, um, where you're kind of building Springfield or whatever the town of Family Guy is. I can't remember the name of it, but Cohog, I believe. Yeah, Cohog, and so you got to go around and get the people that. Like, this is the person who's best suited for running the Quickie Mart. You need to go find somebody who's working in a factory, et cetera, et cetera. And um, you find the people through side quests that um, pop up all throughout the maps. And then you can do their errands and then recruit them back to your kingdom. And they have different skill sets and they can offer to bolster up certain productivity of those places. But then. Yeah. And Peace Walker <laughs> and, and uh, Metal Gear Solid Five Phantom Pain also. Yeah, similar sure. kind of things where like, oh, sure. I need this guy's really good in R and D, so I'm going to put him in the R and D section, and then I can get new weapon things. So like, that's that's fun. That is a fun, nice side thing to the game, and then the the normal kind of regular action RPG JRPG game is is also quite good. I, I'm yeah. I'm enjoying the voice acting when there is some. I think uh, I'm still kind of watching some of the the cutscene, the the YouTube movie cut that somebody's made of the first Nino Kuni. And I know I'm just seeing all the cutscenes that have dialogue in it, but I'm seeing a lot more or hearing a lot more voice dialogue than you're getting in Nino Kuni two. And that's kind of a shame because, because the voice acting that is there isn't terrible. And I think the some of the writing in that game is, is actually pretty good, especially when it's all in written in dialect. When you, when you visit different creatures or different uh, residents and they, they have a different way of speaking and I'd like to hear them speak sure. more. So would you, you're pretty, you've been surprised by this game, right? I mean, like this was a game that you didn't maybe expect to be gripped as hard as you have been. Yeah. It, it was something that I, I wasn't planning on buying at the beginning of this year right. and thought, Oh yeah, it's cool. I, I'd probably played the first one before I'd played the second one though. Right. And then, I think it was seen that, well, seen one, that the game was getting good reviews from people and people were being excited about it. But two is that it really has nothing to do with the first game. The, the yeah, first it's game, if it's mentioned at all, is is extremely loose. And this this happens a long time after the events of the first game. So there there really is no reason not to jump into the second one. There's there's no reason to jump into the first one if you, if you just want to start playing the second. Yeah, and I, I haven't, like... A sneaking suspicion that this is a game that uh, a lot of people are sleeping on. Um, I think this is a game that it's getting some some good recognition, and I think people that are playing it are very charmed by it. But um, for whatever reason, I think just the time that it came out, uh, some of the bigger titles, like this is like on the surface, like it might not look as approachable. And we talked about this before in the show. Like it looks very dense. It looks pretty intense. Like the characters are funky looking. Um, but I think it's also part of the fault is the wrong word, but it's, it's partially due to the, the first game, the, the mm-hmm. first game had the, all the hype that, Oh, studio Ghibli is Ghibli yeah. or whatever is working with level five to, to make this game. Wow. That's going to be awesome. And it came out and people loved the visuals, but they, they weren't totally grabbed by the way it played the, sure. the turn-based combat and some of that stuff. And, I remember hearing people saying like, ah, it's, it's good. It's not as good as maybe it could be. And then with this game, hearing that Ghibli was no longer a part of it, like there's their influence is obviously still there, but they're, they're not directly a piece right. of it. 
I think you had a lot of people go, well, I didn't love that first game like I thought I would. And now the big reason I wanted to get into the first game at all, which was the Ghibli connection, is gone. Maybe this game isn't what I want. And and sadly for those people, they're missing out because it's a really good game. Yeah, I want I want to talk a little bit about because I'm at a point I'm pr- I'm pretty far ahead of you in the story, but there's some nice elements of the story that I really don't want to get into, uh, obviously mm-hmm. for various reasons. But one thing I do want to address for the audience tonight is like this is a game that you and I've talked quite a bit about on and offline, and we obviously like this a whole lot. But there's a lot of things out there being talked about around the combat, and we went into it, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it on this episode because there's other things to get into, but. Like, what do you like about the combat? Like, do you think people should have apprehension of the combat since it is so different? And the big thing I'm hearing is it's too easy. And, like, just kind of where do you land on that spectrum with this? Uh, I I honestly never mind when a game is too easy. And I think the game also is is only easy if you play it in a specific way. Or, or it's only easier if you play sure. it in a specific way. Like, if you want to grind... And and I'm a guy who enjoys his grinding. Yeah. On on a oh uh, you, you you can grind on JRPGs. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> but what I what I like it's it's not a problem for me because I can just grind up a little bit. I'm I'm a little over leveled for stuff, and then I I blow through it. But right. if you more or less critical path that I think you're getting a little bit more of a challenge to things, and then there are even enemies that are way above your level that mm-hmm. you could challenge whenever you wanted to. So I, I think there is enough challenge there for the people who, who want to discover it. Uh, onto the combat, it, it's because it's an action RPG system now, it, it feels... I think the problem is that it it's closer. It's almost like an uncanny valley in that it's closer to what we're looking for, but it's not quite a full action game at that point. You're yeah. not going to get Bayonetta or Devil May Cry or something out of it even though some of the things that it does maybe tries to evoke that a little bit. Right. And it, I, I think it's, it's really fun as a person who usually likes turn-based RPGs. Like I, you know how much I talk about fire emblem and that is completely turn-based. Right. Uh, I, I'm enjoying this a lot. I, I think it's, it's, it's enough. It, it kind of wants to be a little bit Dark Souls in that it, enemies have some some ramp up on their animations and you have some animations and if you if you are doing your animations when the enemy hits, well, you're gonna get you're gonna get hurt. Yeah. But I don't think the controls are tight enough in the combat sections to really avoid getting hit. Like a, that game has a block button mm-hmm. and I've never used it. Yeah, or at least never meant to use it when I accidentally did. Yeah, because I, one, like you said, it's a little bit easy. But two, I just I never find a good time to make that happen. It's, it it's it's a very offensive heavy game in, in the way the combat works, and I I'd rather just continue doing offense. Yeah, I think that there's so like on the combat itself. You know, we talked about also just the amount of shit you pick up in this game. Like, there is a ton of stuff you get. And they try their damnedest to make it seem relevant. Like, hey, this is going to give you more water damage. Or this is going to give you more water resistance. And this is a really great thing for magic or confusion. And Like, I think none of that really matters too much. And I'm I'm pretty much at the end of the story. Okay. I think I've got a few more 
kingdoms, two or two or three more kingdoms to visit before I get more into the end game. The only time that I like really have made intentional movements with a particular type of element is really in one of your ability moves. Because like if I come across like a, a few like water goos or blobs, whatever they're called, like I might use something effective against that or vice versa. Um <clears throat> Like the, for me, I don't need it to be challenging at all. And the the frequency that battles occur whenever you are in that mode, like it would be pretty annoying if you had something that was uh, a bit more challenging. Like I, it would really elongate this game. And I think that the more I I come back to Nino Kuni and something that I love about this game is just its approachability. And I think that's a really big theme, in in all of it. And there's things in it that seem very dense, but they also make it in this package that like, hey, you can do this stuff. We're going to kind of force your hand at times. You can go grind combat like you mentioned. You can go explore. You can work on like picking up shit and trying to sell it and mess with the loot. But at the end of the day, like we're going to give you enough of each of these elements that are pretty much the only mechanic in some are JRPGs or RPGs. And just let you kind of get... Like, this is a gateway. I think this is a perfect start for people who are maybe curious about JRPG games. Um, maybe that's why I gravitate to it. Like, I don't have a ton under my belt. But I think it's a really good starting point. So if you're listening and this is something that you're on the fence about or maybe you haven't had a lot of experience, like, don't let that push you away from it. Like, lean into it because I think it's a really, really good uh, starting point. Yeah, and it can seem a little daunting because it does have a ton of systems yep. as a part of it with, with the city building stuff. Then you have your party's equipment and how you customize your party's abilities and things like that. But then you also have this third thing that we haven't even talked about this week. I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but that's the the army commanding real-time yep. strategy kind of thing, which is I the more I play it, the more I kind of get it and and enjoy yeah. it a little bit it's, it's still the weakest point for me yeah yeah and that's it's, not a bad it's thing kind of like it's not like a, it's chi- like a... chibi style characters mm-hmm. at that point and i i don't love the art style in that mode but um you get enough different captains that are are kind of like your lieutenants as you run around and they have different little abilities and then you can also be with their abilities you can you can kind of change the battle a little bit like the one i really like i've got a guy um his his stuff is he's a hammer unit and he can construct uh, a tower wherever he wants oh cool for, for a price but yeah like, so i i take him around because there are towers that you can just find in these in these skirmishes and you can claim them and, and build them up on your own but they're in certain spots, and usually at that point, I've already cleared out all the enemies. Yeah, and there is no point to to building those up, and because there isn't usually any kind of wave based thing, nobody's coming at you. You have to go seek out enemies in that thing. So to have to be able to build that fortification where I want to, and and have it uh, bomb people as I'm continuing to fight, that that is super helpful. Uh, but but it's it's little things like that that make it really fun. Like there's a there's another captain that I like who who just uh, does a stun and stuns mm-hmm. enemies for that only a really couple effective. seconds, but it's enough to it's enough to make a difference in sure. that kind of stuff. Uh, it's cool. I yeah. I, I like it a lot. I, yeah. I think it's a it's got a lot of different mechanics, a lot of different things, but none of them are that deep, or at least aren't required to go into that much depth 
to be successful in it. And, and that's, that's an okay thing. Like it's, it is like the Kirby of RPGs. That's a really good way of putting it. And I mean, my last two cents on it, because I was going to talk about it, but I think we've covered it enough, mm-hmm. um, is that every single time that I've gone into this game, I haven't walked out of it thinking like, oh man, that was exhausting or grueling or I didn't really accomplish or set out to do what I wanted. Like I'm satisfied every time I pick up the controller and put it down for that game. Like I get something good from it. Um, and the story has been great. The The combat, I don't have any issues with at all. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about this game. I, I, I know we'll be talking about it. I do have one other bone to pick uh, and that's the sure. party. I, I don't love the party members. And yeah. it's not that any of the party members are that bad. It's just that they are relatively generic and generic in a very specific way in that they're all humans. This yeah. is a world, well, one of them is a half cat, half man, but he's basically just a guy with some cat ears. Yeah. Uh, there's The world is so vibrant and so full of different things. There are cat people, there are dog people, there are uh, merfolk, there are beasts and and. Uh, tree spirits Robots. and things like that. There's there's all sorts of stuff yeah. in this game. And all six of your party members are just people. I think that has to do with that approachability piece. I really do. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I'm with you. Like, I'm in agreement, But I think on paper, like, if this was something for somebody to get into, like, oh, that's weird. There's a fish person. Or that's weird that there's, like, a cat. And, like it's weird because your kingdom is full of like diversity. And I think that's, and that's, that's the weird thing. You keep recruiting all these, these weird things like, Oh man, look at that. Like big mustached cat dude. Yeah. He's he's the, the captain I have for the, that can construct the the stuff. But I wish he was a party member. Like he already uses hammers. Like get him on my team. I can throw a big hammer on him. And then I got some big cat dude. That'd be awesome. Or like, I, I want to have a merfolk person with a spear Ah, just mm, why, the the last why party member that you get options? is the most interesting by far, yeah, and it's still she's not still a human. She's still a human, and so like that's a bummer. And it, it, I think it's a game that like really pushes like acceptance and diversity. Like that's a huge part of this game, and uh, like we want everybody to get together. We want everybody to be in harmony. Like we want this kingdom where there's peace and like all parties involved. So like, yeah, I get it. Like I don't listen. I don't mind a weird fucking crew. Like, like I like, I it. mean, that's, that's what I loved about a game like star Wars, Knights of the Republic yeah. is, and, and part of that is also the nostalgia of star Wars, but you're right. going around and, Oh, there's a Wookiee on my team now. Or, yeah. Oh, look, oh, that's, that's so crazy. I mean, Mass Effect did it too. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it was, it was so cool to get the, all these different, uh, party members of these different species and, and kind of and then they forgot about all those species in Andromeda, Andromeda, and just <laughs> hey, like hey hey they're coming man they're on a different ship they're, oh yeah that's right there. they're almost there don't worry about it <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no any like, that, day any day fair. now those Quarians are going to show up we'll uh, get there you know, Bioware told me they they were coming so I I trust Bioware I'm sure I'm sure that DLC is on its way so we don't do this too often and again like I don't really think we're more like we. We don't review shit. We don't have a rating system here at the Casual Hour. Like, mm-hmm. this is literally like our takes on it, like what we like, what we dislike, and just an honest discussion for us, like on gaming. But whenever this happens, I think it's 
worth noting because you and I are so different on some of the things we like in games. Sure. This is this is a game that the casual hour can say play. Like play this game from the casual yeah, hour. Totally. And so uh get out there, check it out. Unlike the next game on your list, which is <laughs> still definitely a don't buy from me. I don't and know why I think I'm playing. You changed this. your mind. I don't know why I'm playing it. I have no clue why I continue to play this game. I I, I have fun. I do have yeah, some fun. It's it's fun to play. We're talking about Far Cry Five. You're having fun playing it. You're just not having fun experiencing it. Man, I have bounced off of this game pretty hard. Um, and except if you, that you're still playing it. I, so I'm playing this game probably for the reasons that they don't want you to play it. Like, I'm still, like, really enjoying the scenery. Like, this is one of the best-looking games I've played. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a gorgeous game. Um, I, I've really just been fishing a whole lot. Uh, the fishing in the game is a lot of fun. Um, and I really like using a bow and arrow to hunt. And... Those two mechanics in the game do nothing besides fill your wallet. Like you, you fish right. and you hunt and you turn that shit in. Um, you know, there's some things we talked about uh, the last time I was on the show uh, about like they they could they missed the mark. Like this is tone deaf, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just an it's it's gone from like a frustration to just an annoyance and. You know, every single person you come across has some dirty-ass trucker hat, a sleeveless shirt that has either an eagle or, a, a, like, the three wolves telling at a moon or some truck stop logo. And, like, all the vehicles, like, literally all the vehicles, except for the planes, which are somehow from World War II, um, are big rig trucks on wheels or, like, beat-to-shit vehicles. I mean, it is, like, I am not, like, a patriot by any means. But it is, it is an absolute, like, just fucking, like, Joe Dirt listening to Nickelback. Like, I use the analogy with a few people. If you've ever been near a Walmart during the 4th of July, like, you got a pretty good idea of what Far Cry 5 is. But yeah, and, and I think that's part of the problem, is it's, it's, a, it's a lazy view of rural America. Oh, it's, it's so lazy. And and part of it is Ubisoft's French. These these are not people who are totally ingrained in the American culture. But at the same time, you get something. And I'm not saying this is a perfect example, but it's a way better example than Far Cry. And that's Grand Theft Auto. Right. I think like, that is Rockstar is not a a United States company, but they I think they understand more about american culture they don't always nail it and i think they do maybe too many dick and fart jokes that that i don't that i think undercut some of their point but they do a better job of parodying america and american values and i think it's stuff that that far cry would want to do and it just doesn't quite understand how they actually should go about any of this stuff so yeah they go for the easy stuff it feels like it i and i haven't played enough far cry 5 to really understand this is all coming from secondhand thirdhand stuff but it feels like ubisoft watched a lot of south park and then said well we can make 
we can make jokes like that or or I yeah. you know, we have we understand what America is because we're understanding this thing that is satirizing America. So right. then it's like a copy of a copy of a copy and and that's where we get this this really base thing of well all Americans have pickup trucks because that's that's what South yeah. Park's taught me. It's like, yeah, it's, but, uh. you know, there was a guy I ran into tonight, and he's running for also some Ubisoft sort. is making South Park games, so go, yeah, go I mean figure. they're doing that too. But he's just like, and I'm a gun loving such and such, and if you can't hand that, you're just a libtard, and it's just mm-hmm. like, I mean, come on, like it's so lazy that's probably the best word when you said that to describe it and and the problem is like that's fine what what you just said there is is fine but it needs to go deeper as well it needs to move into something more like, than that i could just handle to end on that and say that's the joke hey he likes his guns that's whatever right but uh you could do something way more with that yeah i mean i think for me like when I realized, so the first big lift down for the game was when I realized that the cult sucked. Like it wasn't interesting. Um, it was just kind of like a big, drastic pull away from what I was hoping this game would be. But the more I've played it and settled into it, like just with like the always in your face, like there was a pretty, pretty emotional part of this game that you had to get through. Like, um, a non-playable character that was pretty lovable and doofy ended up dying in the game. And, like, that did suck. I mean, like, the character... You don't have a whole lot of interaction. No, no. No, God, no. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, you're safe there. Um, But afterwards, like, you get through it, and, like, all this shit just happened, and you're walking down this road, and then there's, like, all these fucking rednecks cheering you on, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like, in the ditch of this road, fireworks start going off. It's like, have they just been out there the whole time waiting on you to come out of this with fireworks? Maybe. It's just like, fucking cunt. Like, everybody had a sleeve of shirt, a mullet, and fireworks. Like, that's what was going on. <laughs> I can't remember what article it was, whether it was Polygon or Kotaku or Waypoint or whoever it was. But someone was mentioning a scripted scene in that game where some torture happens. Uh, where, where somebody tortures you or the enemy is torturing your team. And then the very next mission it sends you to is starts with your guys torturing. It's Austin Walker. Yeah. Yeah. And that just, mm, how, how did no one see that raise a flag and just go, Hey guys, that's maybe, maybe we shouldn't, what are we doing? Yeah. I mean like the, the battles like are just so uninteresting. Like I, I can't tell you how fucking frustrating it is to get captured like the, the 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 pace change that it does in this game. So what I mean by that is there's the three regions, and you're filling up a progress bar in each region, like to like get to the boss of that region. And there's like mile markers along that, like usually two to three. And so once you get to a mile marker, they basically in big bold letters say you're being hunted or you're getting blissed. And right. then you get picked up and you have to go through these fucking missions that are just like, I mean. Gut curling, like oh, I gotta get all my stuff back, and then I have to escape. Yeah, yeah. And like after every time you do it, you don't get your inventory back. So you go back to the place, pick the guns you had, load your shit back up, and then you go and do the same shit for a bit, and then they pick you up again, and then you get to the final boss, and it's just not rewarding. It's not fun. Like I'll take the tower climbing 
like going and unlocking regions over this shit any day of the week. And if anything, this has just made me want to go back and play Far Cry 4 because I think I could, this Far Cry 4 would scratch the itch for me that that I'm why I'm playing this game right now is for the reasons I like Far Cry 4 and 3. Yeah, for that matter. like honestly, hearing hearing you talk and, and reading all this stuff about Far Cry 5, all it really does is make me want to maybe try Far Cry 3 again and, and load that up and, and play it. Well, I should be getting that version. Blood Dragon after. We should play yeah, Far Cry 4 together or something like that. We could play that co-op. Uh, I didn't really like Far Cry 4. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm, I, I didn't like, like the region. Anyway. I, I just don't want this to be a me too. Like, hey guys, over here at the casual hour, us two, like we don't like this game. Like I'm not trying to be hip or like on point with it. I'm just trying to say that like this will probably go down. I'm hoping this is the only time, but this will probably go down as like one of my bigger disappointments of the year. And I didn't even play it and I'm disappointed. Yeah. So like you probably will hear about this game come December, but not for the right reasons or that I thought I would be. Yeah. So, um, well, I have some better news for you and that is that I tried a couple of the new DLC characters for Dragon Ball Fighters and that is Broly and Bardock, who you obviously know you're a big Dragon Ball fan. Big Bobby Bardock. Who is, who is, um, who's Broly? Bobby? Who, Who, what, what's his deal? Who, uh, um, Broly has, is he's, he, he, he kind of looks like Bebop from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's got okay. pink skin. Uh, he looks like a, a fleshy version of the Michelin Man. Okay. Um, usually has like some bright shorts on and some questionable Crocs, but he is brutal. I know you were making that up, but you got close to a different character in that game. Really. Yes, you should type in the words Majin Buu. M A J I N N, I think. I think it's two. Oh, yeah, there it is. B U U. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, well done on kind of catching an anime character right there. You know, wow. I don't want to get. I can't get to. I probably, like, somewhere in, like, the Dragon Ball like advertisements have seen something with this character. Maybe, maybe. And but like the, that, the that could have been that, my subconscious. The, Who knows? Yeah, the fact that I called you on the spot on and you <laughs> gave a reasonable facsimile. <laughs> really, really quick. I just before you move on, Jesus. I just want to say, in looking at the images, somebody has, and I will uh, save this and send it to you. Um, they've made a variation of Majin Buu as Kirby. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Sure, and it's pretty great. We'll uh, we'll have to put that up in the show notes or something to, yeah. so other people can see. Um, okay, so Broly is a is the legendary Super Saiyan. He shows up in a couple movies. He's got green spiky hair and he's a big buff dude. Uh, and then Bardock is Goku's father. Oh yeah, there's Kirby. That's cute. Um, <laughs> so uh, both of these guys dropped, and I haven't played Dragon Ball Fighters in a in a while. Were these free, by the way? No, they were. I mean, they were part of a season pass for me, so I oh, didn't cool. pay any additional money. But you, you could buy them. I don't remember how much they cost individually. Um, so I got them. I was playing with them a little bit. I haven't played this game in a while because I finished the story mode and don't have anybody to play this game with versus, and I have no interest in going online and getting my ass kicked. Uh, right. So 
sadly, this game has kind of just been put to the wayside, and you know, maybe I'll pick it up again around Evo time when when people are playing it, and I get excited watching people play it. But this was a good excuse to jump back in, try these guys, and and they're okay. They're they're fun. I Broly. I was hoping Broly was going to be more my speed than he is, because uh, I really like the other big characters in in Dragon Ball, uh, in Dragon Ball Fighters. I, I think Android 16 is probably the most fun character to use right now, and and Broly just doesn't have the the combo strings that are easy for me, a novice, to pull off. Uh, Bardock's a little more fun. He's he's a lot faster and is a much more of a rushdown character. He doesn't have much in the way of projectiles, but he is very quick, gets in and, and gets some punches and, and has some fun combos. Uh, he he feels very much like Yamcha, which I know that doesn't... I know none of these names and things really mean anything to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've just been nodding my head most of the time. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, that is... Yes, go on. Bro. We need we need Johnny here for this one thing, and then he can go away again. <laughs> yeah. Um, or if I just but, had, like, a, a chart to reference. Oh, there he is. Sure, yeah. sure. sure. <laughs> uh, but I like Bardock. I don't think he would replace Yamcha as as my kind of rushdown character in my team. Yeah, certainly not, but... Um, he, he is fun to play with. He's a good addition to the game. They're both, they're both good additions to the game. I just wish I liked Broly a little bit more because, uh, you know, Broly has a soft spot in my heart of like, I thought Broly was super cool when I was a kid. I think Broly is super lame now, but I still have that, that fondness for him of when I liked him before. Um, so these are just the first two characters. They haven't announced any of the other ones, at least not officially. There have been some some leaks and, and rumors that have come out of different characters that could show up. But there's hundreds of characters, right? I, I wouldn't say hundreds. There are, there are a good amount of of Dragon Ball characters, uh, it, plausible characters that they could add to this game. There's probably like I would say maybe a handful of uh, maybe maybe 40 credible people that they could add to this game. They, they certainly won't. I think we're going to get maybe like eight characters and they're going to call it a day. Yeah. Um, but you got to have a sequel, man. I, I would love a sequel to this game that, that maybe gets a better story mode and figures out a couple more things. Yeah. They, they really struck lightning. That's mixing metaphors here. Uh, they really got it right. They, most of it right. The first time. And, this it's a solid game. These are uh, these two characters add a little bit to it, and uh, it's a really good package. The fighting game community seems to be very excited about it. It's not the biggest game of Evo, but I think it's the game that the people that most people are excited about. And I could really see it see being like play. on on the front of Evo. I think that there's enough uh, people out there that maybe enjoy video games that really like Dragon Ball, that will be like the crossover, like Venn diagram target yeah, for totally. this. And I mean, the here's what I know about Dragon Ball. I know that it is a, a big bunch of eye candy when it comes to the fights. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're pretty big deals and adrenaline pumping. And I think that somebody who maybe isn't really into video games could watch two people play with some of their favorite people and love it. Sure. And the... The thing is, the thing that makes this game so successful, there have been a lot of other Dragon Ball fighting games in the past. This is by far not the first, but I don't think any of the other ones are very good. There's, yeah. there's some really old 16-bit ones that just do not play very well and do not look very good and are just bad and 
every sense of the word. Then there's more of like the the PS2. I don't know if they made a PS3 Budokai, but the Budokai games are a 3D fighter, kind of more like Tekken. But even they had some some kind of ridiculous mechanics to them, and I, I never enjoyed playing the Budokai games. And and this one, you don't. I I love Marvel vs. Capcom, so I'm gonna like this game because it takes a lot of yeah. ideas from that. But even if all you knew fighting game wise was you played street fighter two back in the day or, or you played any sort of street fighter which is if you're playing a fighting game that's probably one you would have any sort of experience with you can pick up and play dragon ball pretty effectively it's it's all sure. quarter circle motions if you know how to throw a hadoken fireball in in street fighter you know how to do most of the stuff in in uh dragon ball it's a it's a good game i've heard like again I don't really have a dog in the fight here, but I've had a ton of people online. Not I haven't had, but I've read about a lot of people's reaction to this game, and I haven't really seen anything negative about this game. Like people seem to to to, to enjoy it pretty pretty consistently. Yeah, I, I mean, the only real criticism I've heard is that it's it's maybe not deep enough. That it's it's so accessible that people don't feel like there's enough going on. That the characters feel maybe a little too similar. Uh, right. Maybe from like a, a mid-level point of view, I think if you get total casual people who come in, they're just going to have fun. Uh, the, the characters have different enough special moves where it's like, oh, he he shot the beam like that, but he shoots the beam like this. Sure. And and then from the higher end of the spectrum, when you get to the really good players, they will know all the nuances among all the different characters and and really find the differences there. But for a mid-level player, which Let's say I'm on the low end of middle. Uh, for for me, it does feel, and I've I've heard this from other people too. Like ah, yeah, but I, everybody kind of has this same kind of move set, and they just small tweaks here or there, and mm. like ah, oh, there's 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 like four Gokus in this game, or or four right. basically Gokus, and even even if one of them is his dad and one of them is uh, like an evil version, whatever the hell. Uh, um, <laughs> but there's, it, mm, it's fun though. And yeah. that's, that's what that's I come great. back to. Like maybe, maybe it doesn't have the absolute depth that I'm looking for to, to keep me playing. But every time I load it up and every time I play it, I'm enjoying, enjoying my time with it. And it's stylish as hell. Totally. It's the last disc-based PS4 game I've, I've purchased uh, this, since this year came out, uh, or since this year has, has rolled over, and it's still the disc in my PS4. And, yeah. and I think it's going to stay there for a while. I don't see a new disc game coming out that makes me switch. Yeah, man. Um, totally get that. Like, I've had, I've had a few, but I've, I've been trying to go more digital anyway. Like, it's just a convenient staying in. Yeah. Um, with the early unlocks now, like the night before, it just like being able to play it. Like I'm, I'm all in on that. Uh, well, I did something, Chase. I, uh, I didn't know that this was a deal. Like I had no idea about this, and then I, I uh, heard that Project Octopath Traveler had a demo on the Switch. I had no clue, and I know that that's been out for a bit. You've had some clue. I've talked about it on this podcast before. <laughs> I so it was a while I, ago to be fair. Yeah, and I like I thought 
I thought that that was the case, but then I thought that you were just talking about like seeing things on it or seeing some gameplay through it. So um, I, I have the demo downloaded. I've been playing my Switch, which I hadn't I haven't had a reason to really play my Switch lately because I've been yeah. preoccupied with other stuff. But um, that's a pretty neat thing, and it's hard for me to like really make some big claims off of an old ass demo. But especially knowing that they're taking feedback from this demo and changing the actual game. Yeah, there was a really good, I think it's a Polygon article that talks about how much the, how much the team at Square has listened to fans, uh, fans feedback on that demo. I remember uh, I got a survey when I, when I downloaded it, uh, maybe like a week after I downloaded it, saying, "Hey, if you played, if you played it, let us know what what happened." And I I did give him some feedback. Yeah, maybe I was part of the voices, part of the collective voice that that told them to, "Hey, speed speed the game up a little bit, damn it! Like it's so slow." Yeah, we we went to a hockey game last night. And we talked a little bit about about some things on it, and and uh, one thing that you brought up that like I'm either thinking like, okay, I'm either fucking real weak. <laughs> Or these guys are overpowered as fuck. And, like, their health is crazy for, like, bandits and rats and shit. Yeah, like, they're, they're just sponges at that point. I'm, I wonder if it was tweaked that way in the demo just so you didn't didn't blow through it super quickly. Maybe. But that that's definitely one of the things I mentioned. It just feels like these guys are sponges and I'm just continuing to hack at them and, and nothing's really happening. And especially when that game has a system, a combat system in it that's similar to like a Bravely Default where you can take extra turns mm-hmm. in in your single turn. Like I should be killing things way faster then. And I'm just not. And it, it just feels, it, it ends up feeling really slow. I think part of it's also that that demo really only shows you what it's like with one or two characters at a time. Yeah, you have like a dancer and a warrior. Um, and when you when you get more of a party, you'll have more characters doing more moves, and then maybe it'll it'll get a little faster because you'll have four times the the hitting power, four times the offense. But right. when I was just, I'd hit something, and then their whole team would hit me, and I just I didn't feel like I was doing enough damage at all. And it was no because their damage on you was a lot more um, mm-hmm. things that like so. That's obviously something I'd like to see him change. Uh, I wish I would have had a better line of sight to what some of the skills and like inventory building would look like, but I know it's going to be there just based off a little bit that I saw. Um, the game's gorgeous; like it's got such a great look to it. I love the style. Um, I was excited about it, and that excitement has not uh, been defeated by anything in the game. Like, yeah, um, this will be a pickup day one pickup for me. Like, Me too. That's the type of game I've wanted on the Switch for a while anyway. Like just something that like requires a good amount of time. Like I mean I had that with Zelda for sure. But this is one of those that like I think until we get like a Fire Emblem or something like that on the Switch, like this will be a nice Totally. I mean that's where people were saying with Xenoblade Chronicles too. Like that's that's the big RPG that yeah. you can really sink your teeth into. And I just don't like Xenoblade, so that that didn't work for me. Great, great for the people who enjoy that, but it's it's not my type of RPG. And other than that, there really hasn't been a big sink your teeth into RPG on that platform yet. And 
this is the one that I'm kind of hanging my hat on for now. Yeah. Until we get until we get games like Fire Emblem, until the Shin Megami Tensei game shows up, uh, and until more stuff gets announced like that. Mm, that we need more stuff on the Switch for sure. There's yeah, there's lots like, of indie stuff for sure. Uh, Nintendo is putting out games at a pretty regular clip. They're just they're just not the things that I want to play yet. So I'm trying to think about like what I don't want to derail too much of this segment, but um, what games have you bought this year for your Switch? Uh, well, was Steam World Heist December? Okay. I don't remember, but SteamWorld Heist is a is a more recent one. Um, I so downloaded. Been, they've been out. Yeah, I downloaded Mercenary Saga Chronicles, which is a a collection of games that have come out previously, mm-hmm. uh, but that that's kind of like a turn based strategy game that I haven't played yet. <laughs> that that was something I was thinking about mentioning for the backlog. Um, I bought another turn-based strategy game called Ambition of the Slimes, which is a little, a smaller indie game. Is that a new uh, game, or is that a previously uh, released? I don't know. It, it was new to me. Sure, uh, that's it, it could have been fair. out on Steam or something. Uh, haven't played that one either. Uh, that might be it. I, yeah, it hasn't. I haven't played a lot of stuff on the Switch recently. So I got Night in the Woods in February. I did get Steamworld Heist, and I can't remember if that was late December, early January, or where that was at. Um, I've got an Owlboy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of it, man. Like, and it's it's hard for me because I've gotten games for my Switch, but I haven't gotten anything that's like new for my Switch. Right. Like these are older games, and so like this time last year, I was very much involved in Zelda still, but I had Snipper or. Yeah, Superclips, that was out. Um, Mario Kart wasn't out yet, was it? Uh, it wasn't out immediately, but it came relatively soon after. But but that's a game we've had before. Yeah. Like it, it feels like it feels like it's Mario and Zelda. Snipperclips, yes, but that's a smaller experience for sure. Um, Arms, which eh, I think it was already out. I think this time was Tetris. Tetris was out, right? Oh, Puyo Puyo Tetris? Sure, yeah. but... Uh, Again, yeah. older game. Well, in some contexts, yes. <laughs> older game to me, a relatively new game for, for America. Yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to like bitch and moan. I'm just saying that um, Nintendo, to me, they've had such a successful year in, t- in 2017. Yeah, I mean, we're all so excited about the Switch that we we just want to play more things on it and it's it's a bummer that we're not getting more new awesome games on it bigger awesome games or yeah. that the games that are supposed to come to are supposed to be coming to switch are getting delayed like i i kind of want to try that rbi baseball 18 yeah. and the other versions of it are out on xbox and playstation but the switch version got delayed to later this month yeah well yeah. We can go into that deeper later on, but was there anything else that you've been playing that you want to talk about before we move on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of baseball and sports, I <laughs> I caved and, and bought a couple sports games. Happy opening day, by the way. Uh, yeah, well, not for the Cardinals it wasn't, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I ended up first, I had a 20% off discount thing at, at PSN and, and thought, you know what, I've been 
been kind of wanting to play some basketball. We we talked about me playing NBA Playgrounds before and, and not really having a good time with it. So I decided to break down and actually try NBA 2K18. Bought it on my PS4. And it's cool. I, you know, as a, this is my first NBA 2K game. It's my first NBA bas- like simulation basketball game ever. Yeah, that's what and, you're saying. Like, you like the, you were a little taken aback by how good it was. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks great. It's, uh, I think they've got a, a pretty good cast of people that they've gotten for the broadcast team. They, they do pre show stuff and halftime show. That, that has Shaquille O'Neal and two other guys you wouldn't know. But they they have enough enough fun things to say. They, they aren't repeating themselves, at least not as much as I've played so far. And, and then the actual broadcast team calling the game does a pretty good job with it, too. I, I had a problem, because I, I want to play this game in a very specific way. I wanted to make a new team, which, which this right. game allows you to do. You can make a new team. And I wanted to put uh, fill it with my own created players, and then take on regular NBA teams in a regular season. So just just add a single team, completely new. Don't change the rosters for anything else. Just let me ch- let me put in my my characters, and then let me play a game of basketball. And I don't think you can exactly do that. I, I don't. The game doesn't necessarily allow you to do something like that. So you can make a team. And when you make a team and you go into this kind of franchise mode, it will give you some options where you can do a, an expansion draft if you wanted to, which which lets you uh, grab players from other teams, right? Um, and then build a team from that. And that that's not that's not what I was looking for. That's not your thing. But it's kind of the option I had to choose just to get those to to get started. And then after that, my created players that I made, I made a bunch of guys who used to play slam ball because I like slam ball. <laughs> Do you ever watch slam ball? No. Ah, slam ball's the best. Uh, it's basketball with trampolines. Sounds uh, anyway. like a lot of people's ankles will be broken. Uh, yeah, people got hurt in that a lot, but it was it was fun. It was a good it was a good uh, sport, fun a fun show to watch. Anyway, so I made a bunch of slam ball players, and they can show up in the free agent market. So then. I had to release a lot of players that shouldn't have been released because they should be on other teams at that point, and then I was able to pick up all the guys that I wanted. So finally I had a team. The rosters for other teams was a little weird because I had drafted some of their players in the expansion draft, and that so, so the rosters aren't perfect, but it's close enough. I made a St. Louis team because you can pick where they're from. Nice. Uh, I had... Built out. The, I started out by doing the whole customization stuff. I, you can build the jerseys. You can build uh, home and away jerseys. You can do. You can make a stadium and and have all the floor graphics. You can make a logo for your team. You can do all these things. And I and I went through all of it. And I had uh, I had it the way I wanted. Right. And then I went through the expansion draft thing and hadn't put the rosters in correctly. So I didn't have my created players as a part of the free agent stuff. So I couldn't pick them up. And then when I tried to to add that, it wouldn't it wouldn't let me add that, and it wouldn't let me just restart the season with the the stuff. It didn't save any of my logos or any of my oh, jerseys or anything. I just had to start over fresh. So 
when I started over fresh, I thought, okay, well, it took me way too fucking long to, to make all that stuff the first time. I'm do- totally not going to do it again. So I just picked up a, a pre-made St. Louis team and whatever, it's fine. But now I have the players the way I want to. I've, I've got my team pretty much the way I want it. And, and now I've been playing it and the game plays really well. I'm having, I'm having fun with it. I like the way the AI controls. Is it rubber bandy? starts to make plays. Uh, no, it's not really rubber bandy. It feels, uh, I'm not playing it on a very hard difficulty as I get used to it. And I ended up winning a game like 82 to 50 and I was like, okay, well I'm, I'm better, I'm better than what I'm playing at right now. So I need to bump up the difficulty a little bit to make things interesting, but uh, I, I've been having fun with it. I, I'm sure for people who have played other NBA 2K games before, not much of this is new. That game has been, that, that franchise has been the top of, of basketball games for right. a while. People have been really happy with it. But as a first-timer, I can say I mostly enjoy my time with it. I think it could be a little bit more intuitive in some of its menus and telling you what you're actually doing and finding ways of, of making just making things the way you want them. <laughs> I, right. I don't think it should be that hard to make a team full of creative players and then and then go against the regular NBA squad. But uh, I, I like the way it plays. It's it's pretty cool. So I'm going to keep playing that a little bit, and then I'll, I'll speak very briefly on it. I also ended up downloading MLB The Show 18 uh, because I read – I wasn't going to do it. And then I read an article on Waypoint that was very good, written by Rob Zachney, that kind of talked about baseball in a way that really spoke to me as a person who played baseball and, and thinking about pitchers and how pitchers think as they're as they're pitching against a hitter and just the different mind game stuff that goes in there. And his Rob's article reminded me about how much of that is really translated well into MLB The Show. Because what I originally was thinking is that I would play that RBI baseball game. Right. And it's way more arcadey on the Switch. I'm like, oh, that'll that'll get my baseball fix. I'll just play baseball in there. But reading through this article made me think, like, yeah, RBI baseball isn't going to have that tension to it when you're playing a game. And, and I kind of wanted that. And so I ended up just downloading 18 nice. and playing it. I'm I'm going to limit myself. I'm going to have willpower this year because I know last year I, I spent a lot of money on stupid virtual cards. This year I'm avoiding that mode entirely. I'm just playing a regular season. Some I, baseball. I've built my team uh, the way I want to, and, and I'm just going to, yeah, exactly, just going to play some baseball, not worry about any of the, the extra stuff that you can download and and buy and purchase and all that shit i i don't need any of that so that's that's kind of where everything's been going so far a lot of honestly a lot of new new stuff this week weirdly yeah very cool man um sorry i i was looking ahead for uh the back half here and i realized that i had uh maybe not brought the best uh list here for what we were going to be discussing and Uh, i think uh, you've got some decent decent options here so, um, Chase, you and I talked a little bit about, uh, we, we were playing some, surprisingly enough, we were playing some Destiny 2 the other night and just mm-hmm. kind of talking through, uh, we were playing Destiny 2 like in the background, like we were really just getting together to talk a little bit about the show for this week and what we wanted right. to accomplish. And um, it just kind of came up a little naturally like, hey, we got a lot of shit to get done. And 
uh, fresh off of our April preview episode, we were just like, you know, April doesn't have a ton of things. Like, there's obviously a, a really big game that uh, I'll be playing within God of War, but I think that's only like a 20 to 25 hour story. And so um, I should be able to get through that pretty quick. But we were just like, you know, we should talk through some of these games that have been building up, collecting dust that we'll get to eventually. And right. uh, I love that idea. I think it's I think it's good for us to clean out our closet, so to speak. A little spring cleaning here at the casual hour. Totally. Even though it feels like winter here still. Yes. Uh, but yeah, like the, we, we both have these lists of all these games that we want to play someday. But what I really wanted to do with this topic was... What are the games that we're really actually going to play in 2018 or even in the next couple of months, uh, within the next couple of months? Because I, I, I want there to be some personal responsibility here. I want you to call call me out if I don't start one of these games in the next couple weeks because I, I really do want to make the effort to play some of these games and to start digging into that backlog. I've got a million things on my list that I could choose from, but I picked these three games specifically because I think these are the ones I really want to make sure I get to. Yeah, no, I think it's going to get, it's going to get so hard. Cause like, I know that like we had some really cool things, things announced this week. Like we got that release date for Spider-Man, which I'm so excited about for September and, like already now for September, there's at least three big ass games that are going to take a lot of time. Um, I know that there's DLC for, for some games that we've been playing that comes out in the next few months. Um, so yeah, you're looking at April as a chance for us to start playing some of these games. And I have to agree with you. Like there's a good opportunity to get in here and do that for sure. So um, what is your first one that you're thinking about? Like what's on your mind? My first one is metal gear acid. And I guess it's Metal Gear Acid 2, but I kind of want to play the first one before I play the second one. 2, two is the one that people say is the good one. Okay. But I, I would like to play them both. Uh, but yeah, Metal Gear Acid, for those who don't know, it's a PSP game. They're both PSP games. They are card stealth games. I don't know a ton about it. Uh, I mean, it's Metal Gear. It's not a non-canon story, but you the actions that you do in the game are all card based and I, really? I just yeah I, it's it's weird and and the second game has super trippy visuals and uh i i just want to i want to know what those games are about i've i've had them on my list for a while i've owned copies of both of those games and have my psp i have a, my i have a charged fully charged psp next to my bed and I've had it there for years at this point, and I have not picked it up to play uh, Metal Gear Acid. But I think this is the year I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Okay, I, yeah. I mean, I can't blame you. Like I know that you're a big fan of those games. Like mm-hmm. I think that um, what I, the little bit that I had with Metal Gear Solid V was just like super out there and weird. And there's one that has acid in the title. I mean, yeah, the, the second game. The second game especially kind of feels like it's on acid from the screenshots that I've seen. The The first game feels a little bit more maybe like a Peace Walker art style. Maybe a little less nice looking sure. than Peace Walker. But, uh, Is that yeah. a big game? What do you mean by big? Like, like long? Yeah, sorry. Is that like a long game? I'm not sure. I, yeah. I honestly have no idea. I There's not... I don't see a lot of talk about it on the internet, 
there's there's a couple people who uh, who I read and listen to who seem to have a lot of fondness for it, and yeah. and that's kind of it. But I I don't know a ton about this game, but it sounds interesting with the stealth mechanics yeah. mixing in with a card based battling system. So I want to I want to give it a shot. And it's gonna be it's gonna be 2018, the year of Metal Gear Acid. Cool man. Um, this is a game that we've talked about not too long ago and that's XCOM 2 uh, yeah. I was able to get this on sale um, you know I, I I also because of the game pass have been playing a little bit of um, XCOM uh, my god why can't I think of it Enemy Unknown yes thank you and uh, I got that on my iPad also and so I was playing it there um, but XCOM 2 seems to be a really cool game like you've had some nice things to say about it I've heard good things yeah, I, I wish it. I had. I wish I had finished it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm hoping. I did enjoy my time with it. I'm hoping to fire it up. Uh, like it's hard too because, like, when I look at the backlog, there's a few games that like I'd love to finish mm-hmm. that I feel like I need to do before playing this one. But it's also like some of these games, um, like Assassin's Creed Origin. Like I almost put that on here because I want to finish that game, but it's had two waves of DLC that came out, and like I have the season pass for that game. And the DLC is supposed to be really cool, but like I'm nowhere near able to do it from a level standpoint. Right. I will say uh, for XCOM 2, something that you're probably going to want to do, you're probably going to want to download that DLC that comes with it, uh, mm-hmm. The War of the Chosen, because the vanilla XCOM 2 uh, was not very well received by a lot of people. Yeah. And War of the Chosen integrates into the game. It's, it's not a separate thing. It just adds a bunch of stuff. Oh, cool. And that's what... Uh, people got excited again about that. Game. Okay. Like they, so, they, yeah, I've heard, I, I've seen it on sale a few times. I might just go ahead and do that and have it there because I think if it does complete the package, then I'm, I'm all in. Yep. Cool. Uh, I, I I'm liking what I'm seeing here. I don't know a lot about <laughs> it, but I'm liking it's what a, I'm seeing. It's a game I already started and liked and wanted to play more of, and then just never did. And I think part of the reason that I didn't is because it's on the PlayStation Vita. And that is Persona 4 Dancing All Night. I, You know how much I love my Vita, or loved yeah. my Vita. I'm a huge handheld game fan, and the Vita I was was my system for a very long time. And I, it was just a timing thing. Like I was got excited about the Switch and was, was doing stuff with that. I've been playing a lot more games on PS4, and the, the Vita has just kind of is the gone Vita by dead? the wayside. Uh, it's not... I mean, yeah, yeah, effectively it's dead, but there are still games coming to it, uh, and not, is, not a ton. Is Sony going to reinvest in handheld? Mm, certainly not right now. Not when yeah. they've got all this VR stuff going. Yeah. I think if and when VR finally dies, which I hope is soon, because I, I just don't think it's really added a whole lot to the industry. Uh maybe Sony seeing the switch doing so well, will will get them to maybe think about doing something, but that is, that sounds like a pipe dream. I, I really don't expect Sony to yeah. do something like that. I, I would more expect them to go in a totally new direction from any of those things. Anyway. So my <laughs> right next to my PSP is my PS Vita. And it's, it's, I think it's the last game I played on my Vita and it's, probably still loaded up there if i if i want to pick it up and and play it again but uh 
the little bit that I played, I enjoyed. I, I think uh, it has it's a visual novel with a rhythm game attached to it. The visual novel stuff they got, I think they got most of the original Persona Four cast to reprise their roles, and it's written pretty well. Uh, yeah. It's something I mentioned when I first talked about this game a long time ago, but it's where a lot of things, a lot of things. My big problem with Persona Four, Persona Four is great. And then there are all these offshoots of Persona 4, like uh, the fighting game, Persona 4 Arena, the uh, 3DS game that's kind of a, a Etrian Odyssey game called uh, Persona Q, Shadows of the Labyrinth. Uh, and just, just kind of those things around Persona 4 always takes the, the shallowest interpretation of those characters. And those characters have a really nice arc in Persona 4 where they where they go from kind of these stereotypical kids that you learn way more about. They have they, there's way more depth to them and they have problems and they help you help the, each other solve those problems and they become more well-rounded people by the end of that game. Right. So for Persona 4 Arena and Persona Q, they just go right back snap right back to the to the most stereotypical catchphrasey parts of those characters like ah chie likes meat kanji doesn't know if he's gay or not like that's that's their character at that point. right and uh, it's so is frustrating it, does it play like persona 4 or persona 5 no. or is it different no no well it's a it's a visual novel so you're going through you're just going through a lot of text uh and and seeing uh. talking anime head stuff and but then the game part of it's a rhythm game. So I just wanted to finish my thought on the last thing. Oh, sorry, the thing sorry, is sorry. that, well, because those other kinds of games are really shallow with Arena and Q, uh, right. Dancing All Night is not. It is it is kind of a sequel to Persona 4 in that it, it happens after the events of Persona 4 and the characters are still their well-rounded selves. They, they oh, actually nice. talk about how these characters have kind of changed a little bit since Persona 4 and have learned things and they... They feel like char- real characters again. Uh, so, the actual game part is a rhythm game. It's a it's a kind of uh, you press on the beats, you hit the buttons, there you're pulling yeah, triggers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's 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 fun. Uh, the few songs that I played were okay. I'm not the best at rhythm games, but if if I can get through the rhythm stuff to enjoy more of the Persona Four character building stuff that I really really like. I, I need to play more of that game, especially because we have uh, Persona 3 and Persona 5 Dancing All Nights have been announced and are coming at some point to Japan and probably to America. I would I would assume at least five. Yeah, Dancing that's fair. I mean, that's a huge, huge or, hit over here. Yeah, like there's, a, there's enough Persona love in America that I think that one will probably find its way over three people like a lot as well. So I could totally see it happening, but if they only chose one, it would be five. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play Persona Four Dancing All Night. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get back in. I'm gonna really play. I, the music in that game is awesome. It's re, oh. it's a, a bunch of remixes from Persona Four that are all really well done. I listen to a lot of those songs on my phone walking to work, and it's. Mm, I just need to. I need to get back in. So that's, oh, yeah, that's one of my kind of 2018 resolutions at that point is hey, go back and play through Persona 4 Dancing All Night. I am going to play Fez. Okay. Um, I've 
so I had this on the 360 and I played a little bit of it, but it just never really, um, it never stuck right. with me. And I, I don't know if that'll happen. I, it could, I could bounce off of it. Um, but I got this on my iPad. Okay. And um, it's a game that the controls are simple enough that if I don't post up and like use my my controller with my iPad, but the controller support is just like the 360. So that's really nice to have that. Sure. But um, yeah, I, I want to give this game a shot again because I think that I've changed a lot since this game first came out. Mm-hmm. And I think what I look for in games has changed a little bit since then also. And um, I might find a deeper appreciation. I mean, the game's gorgeous. It's such a good-looking game. Like, yeah. I, I'm I'm happy to go back into that world for that reason. And man, I I wanted to love this game way more than I did. I, I'm kind of in a similar boat to you. I, I played it on the 360 and just couldn't couldn't quite get into it. And I was I was really intrigued when I was listening to podcasts and reading reviews talking about how deep things go and how the puzzles in that game are are so layered in that there's there's these deeper mysteries to the game that that you can play that game on a surface level and quote-unquote finish it, but then there's way more that you can dig into. And I always felt like I was left out of that because I just yeah. didn't really enjoy the game as, as much as I thought it was, as much as I thought I would. I, I just feel like that's going to happen again um, for whatever reason, just because it is something that it's it's obviously there um and i need to play it but there's other stuff going on and we'll see i'm hoping that's not the case but i am nervous that i just won't like it i think because of the art style and because of maybe the attitude and tone of that game it reminds me a lot of cave story Mm -hmm. and i love cave story so i think anytime i've thought oh you know what i should go back and play fez there's another part of me that goes, you could also play Cave Story again, and wouldn't that be a much better use of your time? And Cave then Story's so be, good. And then I just don't play Cave Story either and don't play any of them. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody knows what Fez is at this point. I'm going to play it again. I'll let you know how it goes. Cool. Um, uh, what's my your last, last game, uh, it's, this is kind of cheating because it's kind of two, but it, they're games that have been on my PS4 library for a while. I got... I got at least one of them on PlayStation Plus and maybe both of them. But it's uh, Infamous Second Son and then the First Light uh, kind of separate story quote-unquote expansion. Yeah, for sure. And I just, I've never played an Infamous game. But, and I know people maybe didn't love Second Son. I think First Light got slightly better reviews and, and reception. But... I've I've wanted to try those games, and I I've played some Sly Cooper games before, so I have played Sucker Punch games in the past. Yeah. But uh, I've never played an Infamous game because I was a 360 guy and not a PS3 man, and because I have these games and I see them all the time as I'm going <laughs> going around my library to play something else, they just kind of keep saying like, "Hey, well, you should give us a shot sometime," and I I, I want to see what it's all about. Yeah, I think that that's so. These were I played, I played both of them, but I played uh, Second Son very early on. Um, like that was a launch title, or like a very close launch title for PS4 when it came came back around. And one thing was whenever they announced PS4, they focused a lot on the controller as they should because the DualShock 3's garbage. 
mm-hmm. and the developers at Sucker Punch were actually part of the crew that that helped design this controller. Nice. Um, like they gave a handful of studios the DualShock Four. They're like, hey, give us your feedback. Like, how do you how would you incorporate this into your game? Like, what mechanics would you use? And uh, there's some stuff that they did with the touchpad um, that, looking back on it, maybe isn't like it, it might feel a little old at this point in time. But I just remember like having that game and like using that touchpad and like just the speakers and the lights on the D. Like it, it's a great PlayStation game. Um, it's a very pretty game. I know that this got an update. Uh, when the PS4 Pro came out, it was one of the first games to get the update for it, and I went back to it. And mechanically, man, it's it's got some real butter-like movement. Like it's very pleasing to, to play, and it looks great too. Well, let me let me ask you this: I eventually I'd like to play both of them. Yeah. But uh, obviously, Second Son comes first, and then First Light is, is came after. Uh, I don't know if First Light is a prequel like the name kind of makes me makes it sound like it came before the events of second son i would play second son up until you meet the protagonist of first light okay and then play through all of first light and then come back yeah okay that's interesting uh all right i i think i'll give it a shot like that uh um and it might not you might not benefit from it that way but um i think there's some interesting things about the dynamic between you and the character from first light. Okay. And if you play it, um, first, it could, it could impact it. And again, like I look at when the games are released and I don't think that you absolutely have to play them just because of the title or anything like that. So I would play second son until you meet that character. Okay. Um, and then I would pop that in and play that for a bit. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, like first light, because it's that kind of separate, not expansion is the wrong word, but a separate piece of yeah. content that it's a, it's a much shorter experience, right? It's much shorter. And the other thing too is, is that like that particular power is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't, I just don't need to like only have that and then go to some other ones back. Like, oh, these suck. So like, <laughs> I want you to be able to like play the game and like kind of ease into some of the powers and like how that, that is. Cause the, not that they don't do like tutorials in first light, but you'll get a better grip of things okay. this way. Well, I, I will say the the first ones that I will probably play I, of the of the games that I listed, the first ones I'll probably play is the infamous games because they are they're more easily accessible in that they are on the TV that I am already using to play PS4 games. I'll just play different PS4 games, whereas getting out it's it's not even getting out like i said they're right next to my bed but right. um, to to pick up those machines again the the psp and the vita to to play those games i think that's going to be the hardest part is just to try to get back in the rhythm of playing those systems whereas like, i'm already using the ps4 controller so it'll it'll be much easier to play second son and first light but totally but- they're very approachable. You'll, you'll, I think you'll enjoy them. I really do. I think there's some fun to be had there. Cool. And then you have one last game. Uh, mm-hmm. You've kind of... You have, oh, okay. I see. Tell, tell me what your last game is. Yeah, I'm doing... Uh, so I it's Shovel Knight Plague of Shadows. I have the Treasure Cove. Um, and one of the reasons I want to play this is is I know that they have uh, their, new, their next uh, DLC coming out for this. Um, which... Let me pull that up really quick. I can't remember the name of it. Um, it is 
the king of cards, I believe is what it is. And okay. um, so anyway, uh, I, I want to play Plague of Shadows. I've played Shovel Knight and, it's, and I've beaten that. And I've got a pretty good uh, amount of um, Sp- Spectre, uh, Spectre Knight, okay. whatever that one was called, under my belt. And so I'll finish that. But uh, Plague of Shadows, I want to play as Plague Knight and uh, go through the game. And I, I love Shovel Knight, man. Like, Mm-hmm. Uh, you should definitely get those amiibos. We say that every time we talk about this. Game. I know, I know. I I found out I actually did own the treasure trove on on my Switch, so I guess I I've only played vanilla Shovel Knight, so I mm-hmm. I still need to play Spectre and and Plague, and then uh, that new one sounds pretty cool too. I yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get through Plague. I'm almost done with with Spectre. I'll, I'll, I'll finish that up, and again like previous conversation i love my switch i want reasons to play my switch i'm going to play my switch and uh get into it there so right now uh as i'm making room for all this stuff like i'm almost done with nino kuni uh god of war i'm super excited for me and like that's going to be what is that now uh today is uh friday that well we started on the fifth but it's technically friday the sixth now so 15 a couple weeks out Cool. Ooh, yeah. That, that three pack is $35. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, all right. That's I'm not, good. I mean, I guess that's not terrible. Like if you look at individual cost, right? I, I mean, I guess if like, if, if you think an Amiibo costs 12 bucks, then yeah. Hey, they, 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 they've caught. What, like what is an average cost on an Amiibo? It's, I mean, for a brand new one, it's usually 12 bucks. What's the most expensive one you've seen? Um, it would, it would be like a after market one. It would be buying buying something oh. that's already out there and is hard to find. But I mean, okay. they've, they've also had bigger amiibos. I mean, they, the the Detective Pikachu one that came out is a bigger. Yeah, it's like the size amiibo. of a fucking sweet potato. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I've heard people say the the uh, the Detective Pikachu is actually a really fun game. It looks. I mean, it's funny. Uh, this concept is pretty funny. Yeah, I. I have I have too much to play, and I have all these backlog games. Right. So yeah, you don't have room for it. I'm probably not going to play it anytime soon, but I am intrigued by it, and I could see myself maybe a few years down the line saying, "Eh, maybe I should try that." It'll be on another backlog episode. Yeah. Um. So Chase, with that being said, obviously we got our hands full. Uh, looking ahead, 2018, there's some exciting things coming. I think it's important to get through these games that we've been talking about because, you know. There's no time like the present when it comes to that. So um, if you guys have uh, a game out there that you are uh, maybe thinking about going back to while we have this lull, or maybe you might not have a lull, but if there's a game that you've been eyeballing for a bit that you know you need to play, shoot us an email and tell us about it. We are thecasualhour at gmail.com. You can also message us across all social networking. The most convenient one would be Twitter, where you can find us at thecasualhour.com. Uh, we got a fun Instagram page, which we are the casual hour on. And our website has a contact page, which is the casual slash contact chase. You run an incredible podcast outside of the show called gamers on the go. Tell me a little bit about what's happening there. Uh, yeah, it's actually seen a lot of activity recently. I think, do you, well, do you remember the last episode I, uh, talked you about teased on, on our show? That there was something that you wanted to talk about that you were going to do. Um, but you didn't want to put it out there until it was like done and okay. ready to go. So there, there have been 
a, f- a few relatively new episodes. I, I did the one with you and Pierce on mm-hmm. on Oxen Free. Uh, yeah, that was good. The game wasn't good, but the podcast was good. The uh, then I did one with my longtime guest Matt Jaguer, and we talked about SteamWorld Dig Two. And then this latest one did come out, and I'm pretty excited about it. Pretty happy with how it turned out. But we talked. I talked to. Uh, two two gentlemen, Jason Scott and Ryan Holtz, about uh, Tiger Electronics games and more specifically the Internet Archive. Wow! Uh, the has this new collection called the Handheld History Collection. That is, you can play these old Tiger Electronics games emulated on in a browser. And I talked to both of those guys about what it takes to go from these closed system plastic handheld games to something that you can play on a laptop or a PC. What's the website again that you can see those? uh, It's archive.org. I think it's then slash details and then slash handheld history collection. But you can also go to gamersonthego.com and go to that episode. And I have all of that in the show notes. Fancy, fancy, Uh, fancy. Yeah, it's cool. Like I, I, it was a show that I've always wanted to do. I always wanted to talk about Tiger Handhelds, but the problem I run into is that anyone I talk to always has fond memories. Like, oh, I yeah, I had a Tiger Electronics. I had this this game. I had Battletoads for Tiger Electronics. I'm like, cool. I mean, that's neat. I I didn't, so I can't really relate to you in that way. Like, I, I can talk about this pinball game that I owned, and they'll go, "Well, I didn't own that." And then, that, then you just have people kind of talking at each other a while. Uh, but with these guys, we could actually talk about how this process worked and talk about Tiger Electronics a little bit more as a whole, and about the Internet Archive and how they brought this collection to life and and what's going on with it. It's, it's a really cool story and it's just, it's, it's neat. I I like talking to those guys about, about the tiger electronic stuff. So definitely go to gamers on the go.com and and check out that episode because it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm on the website right now. Just taking a quick look at it and there's some definite like neat stuff here for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, They also emulated a Tamagotchi. That's oh, really? part of the that's part of the collection. It's it's a lot of Tiger Electronics stuff, but it's also just kind of more general handheld game stuff. There is a emulated Tamagotchi that you can play with right now on oh the Internet God. Archive. Those guys are saints. Um, well, we'd love to hear about those games that you might be playing or looking to play. Um, if there was a game that you were looking forward to in April that you want to talk about, like anything that you really want to talk about, you can ask us about. Uh, what other candy we like if you disagree with us on Reese's uh, holiday edition like don't bother but um, if there's any other candy that we missed that you think is important to talk about shoot us an email on that too I mean if anyone um, wants to talk about crunch bars I'm over here I'll, I'll hear you yeah literally crunching on that crunch bar <laughs> um, the other thing too is is like not to be peddling for any type of feedback but uh, if you are listening to us on one of those streaming services like iTunes, Google, Stitcher, etc. We would really appreciate leaving us a review and some feedback on how we can do better or continue doing things you like. Uh, shout out to our friend Patrick, aka Insane Analog, for the great intro and outro music. And if you are curious about Johnny, I have a feeling he might end up on the show sometime in the future. So I'll let you know ahead of time so you can avoid and skip that episode. 
But, <laughs> but having said that, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. See you next week.